0: Well, welcome, everybody. Good morning. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor around here. If it is your first time checking us out, welcome. Appreciate you coming on out, particularly to our early morning service. So today we are continuing this series, coming down the home stretch, actually. Last week, next week is the last week, but continuing this series that we're calling Ask Me Anything, the AMA. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know that the premise of this series came to me from the website Reddit. This is a website that sort of invented the idea of doing an AMA, as they call it, where they would invite experts in their field, scientists, doctors, celebrities, musicians, you name it, to log in and take questions from the general audience. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if one day God decided to do an AMA? Because we know he knows how to use a computer. He can handle this kind of a thing. And he logged in and said, hey, I'm here. What do you got for me? Ask me anything and so every single week we've been taking a look at potential questions that we might ask of god were he to do one of these amas so today we are going to be tackling an emotion that um if left unchecked in our lives can just honestly can take us out of the game it's an emotion that if if we don't really do anything with this thing it can derail our lives and and our life's plan And it's an emotion that we've all had. I mean, if you're human, at some point in your life, you've experienced this emotion. I would guess that some of you, unfortunately, are are experiencing it right now, maybe even today. And it is one of these things that because we just are alive, you will experience it again in the future. And so I thought, you know, today we got to drill down on this and and we got to ask God, God, how can I handle discouragement? How can I overcome it? How can I deal with it? It's, it's, a, it's a part of life. I mean, discouragement, like I said, is universal. This is something that every single one of us, unfortunately, are going to deal with at some point in our lives. Discouragement is reoccurring. Just the way that life is, it, there's, it always presents new ways, new fresh ways for us to get discouraged every single day. I mean, all you got to do is turn the news on and, and just the, the current state of politics alone will discourage you. You know, you step out of the shower, you get a glimpse of yourself in the mirror. Discouragement, okay? It's nightmare at times. Just naked and afraid like the TV show. Okay, but like there's just, I mean, it's our marriages can be discouraging, can't they sometimes? Work, especially now, discouraging finances, school, I mean, if you're in grad school or high school or even elementary, I mean, listen, it's just, it's out there, you name it, there are any number of ways that we as humans can begin to just feel discouragement and discouragement is contagious. Man, does it spread to the people around you. So this is definitely an issue that we want to hear from God about. We want to hear what he's got to say on this topic. Now, luckily for us, scripture just has a ton to say about discouragement, cover to cover. I mean, there are just so many verses that we could point to and learn from and lean on. But there's one key story that's in the Old Testament that, in my opinion, I think illustrates better than any other story what exactly leads to discouragement and what leads us out of discouragement. And so I want to introduce you to a guy named Nehemiah. Some of you might know him others of you might not but let me just set the context for nehemiah and the story today if you were with us back in june i know many of you were you'll remember we did a whole sermon series on daniel and one of the things that we learned about daniel is that this young jewish boy was born and raised in jerusalem And then one day, King Nebuchadnezzar came into Jerusalem and took over. I mean, just destroyed the place, wrecked everything, took Daniel, Daniel's buddies, and most of the Jews there, and brought them back into Babylon, where they were in captivity for many, many, many years. So about 70 years goes by, and Daniel's in and around that. And and after about 70 years, the Jewish people, at least some of them, were released from this captivity. And they were allowed to go back home to their homeland, into Jerusalem. And when they got there, that was a nightmare. I mean, they had not seen it since the incident with Nebuchadnezzar 70 years earlier, but the place was destroyed, wrecked. The the protective wall around the city had been knocked down, which left everybody inside those gates vulnerable to the enemy. Well, God placed a burden on Nehemiah's heart to personally lead a campaign to help those Jews rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And so what we're going to see today in the part of the story that we're going to look at is we're going to see them rebuild that wall. And we're going to see everybody work really hard at first. And then mm, things go south and they start to get discouraged. And there's just so much that we can learn from this story. So I'm going to read you the passage. I've got a couple of snippets that I'm going to put together just to give you enough information about this story today. But it starts in Nehemiah chapter four, verses six. So, and by the way, Nehemiah is narrating the story. So he says, so we rebuilt the wall, right? We repaired it until it was half as high as we wanted it to be. And the people worked with all of their hearts. Now the surrounding enemy tribes that lived around the city of Jerusalem, they get wind of this project. They're not happy. And Nehemiah says, they, speaking of the enemy, heard that the gaps in the wall were being filled in. So they were very angry about that. They didn't like that. And all of them made evil plans to come and fight against Jerusalem. But we prayed to our God. We put guards on duty day and night to watch out for danger. Now, during that time, the people in Judah spoke up and they said, the worker, Nehemiah, the workers are getting weaker and weaker all the time broken stones are piled up everywhere. They're in our way, so we can't rebuild this wall. And then things go from bad to worse. It says, then the Jews who lived near our enemies came to us, and they told us, 10 times, no matter where you are, they'll attack us. So, You get the general idea of what's happening here. You might not know the whole story, but we get the gist of what's happening here. God put a burden on Nehemiah's heart to help his fellow Jews rebuild this wall. And at first, they made some tremendous progress on this wall. And now discouragement has come in and has brought this project to a screeching halt. Now, before we get into how we can overcome discouragement, because I think we all want to know that, I think it's actually equally important for us to learn how we can fall victim to discouragement, how discouragement can begin to work its way into our lives. Let me just show you the first way. In verse 6, remember, he tells us, So, we rebuilt the wall, and we repaired it until it was half as high. That's big. Half as high as we wanted it to be, and the people worked with all their hearts. So it's in this moment that we learn that these folks are in a very precarious position, the halfway point. I I don't know what it is in in human nature, but there's something inside of us that struggles when we are halfway done with anything. I mean, think about any project in your life. This could be a school project. This could be something at work. This could be, you know, a project at home, whatever the case may be. We kind of come out of the gate swinging, right? We're all pumped. We've got tons of energy. We get to the halfway point and, you know, we look back at everything we've accomplished and and there is some sense of accomplishment. But then you realize, oh my gosh, I got to do it all over again. Like, all the, all, all the time and, and, and what I've just done, I'm only halfway done. I've got to do all that over again, and now I've got to do it with far less energy. I mean, I'm working on fumes. And it's in this moment that we learn the first cause of discouragement, which is fatigued. We as humans, we get discouraged when something takes longer than we had expected it to take. And at this point, these guys have been working for about 25 days straight we read they tell nehemiah hey you know the workers are getting weaker and weaker all the time in other words they've worked themselves past the point of exhaustion and when you are physically drained when you when you're mentally drained that is a recipe for discouragement when your body and mind is weak you are vulnerable to the enemy Vince Lombardi, great football coach, you know me, I'm such a sports guy. He once... I had to Google who he was. Um, Now, I knew who he was. Come on, people. He said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And you just hear that and you go, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Because when you're tired, when you're fatigued, like you literally don't have the mental capital to handle life. Everything just feels way worse than it really is and so so when discouragement becomes overwhelming when when sort of the negativity just seems to take over over your life and it's like too much to bear chances are you might just need a nap you 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 just might need some food and rest one of the greatest prophets in the bible elijah i mean i'm talking like this guy's like you know numero uno um he got to a place one time in his life when he was so unbelievably discouraged that he actually wanted to die. In fact, he prayed to God. He said, God, I've had enough, Lord. That's it, take my life. Then look, then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. And as he was sleeping, God shows up to answer this prayer. Now, imagine what God is about to say to this prophet. Imagine what God's antidote is to this level of discouragement, a level I hope none of you have experienced. I mean, what kind of pearls of wisdom is our heavenly father about to disperse to this man? We read, suddenly an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Now it's like, you don't need to die. You just need a sandwich, my man. See, when you are fatigued, we are vulnerable to this kind of negative and discouraged thinking. In my own life, I'll just tell you this. In my own life, one of the hardest days of my week is tomorrow. It's Monday. In fact, for the longest time, I actually just, I had to finally name them. I just said, they're, these are meltdown Mondays. That's what I call them. I sit down at my computer 7 a.m. That's when I, I start working. And I begin researching today's message, the the thing that I want to be talking about. That's that's Monday, and I'm there, and I sit at that computer some days right till 5 p.m. and and I'm just I'm researching and reading and writing and taking notes and, and you know, I just get like I'm so in it, and I'll skip lunch sometimes, and I'll skip, I'll skip the gym sometimes, and I grind it out, and more times than I'd like to admit, my day ends in sheer panic. Okay. It's like all of a sudden, like I'm the topic that I wanted to speak about, or maybe we're going to launch a brand new series. And I'm like, well, this is a colossal mistake. This is, I got nothing for these folks. This is, I got a real problem. You ask Christina how many times she's had to talk me off the ledge. It's, and then 5 PM is done and now I got nothing. And so I go choke down dinner. trying to choke down my dinner, right? And we go and we watch Netflix. And I'm not really watching Netflix. I'm just now doing work on my phone. And, and, and then I, I go to bed. I collapse into bed, questioning my career and my intelligence and my calling. And, 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 you know, and then I fall asleep. <sighs> and then I wake up. And it's like everything has clicked. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I know what we're going to talk about. It all makes sense. Sometimes you just need some sleep. The next thing that lands us is frustration. That can land us to discouragement. Sometimes we get discouraged when something is more complicated than we had expected it to be. So the builders start to complain, and they go, look, there's broken stones are piled up everywhere! They're in our way! I mean, these people, think about this, they're trying to save their city, they're trying to rebuild their wall, and they're, they're at the halfway point, they are fatigued, and there is just junk everywhere. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar rocked this city, folks. It's a disaster zone. I mean, there's huge broken boulders that made up this protective wall. There's old mortar. There's probably some guy's old couch. You know, there's always old couches everywhere. And in that moment, they look at all of this junk, all of these broken stones, and they get overwhelmed. They have lost sight of their goal because of all this stuff. And what these folks are dealing with is burnout. This is it. Now what's so interesting is that we often mistake burnout for working too hard. That's not what burnout is. I mean, I know plenty of folks who work extremely hard, who have tons of energy and never burn out because they keep their eyes focused on the goal rather than the rubble. People burn out when they lose sight of the goal and they focus on the rubble. So what's the rubble in your life? What are those like broken stones that are just everywhere that overwhelm you? That cause you to lose sight of your goal? What's the junk that you're allowing? And I'm going to use that word that you're allowing to keep you from what matters most. So just working on your marriage, being there for your kids in the way that you wanted to be for them, or, or even getting healthy. What is it? Look, rubble's a part of life. We all have rubble, we all got junk, but we can't let it overwhelm us. We can't let it distract us. We gotta just clear it away and get back to work. The third reason we see that causes discouragement is because of failure. Or really, I would say the threat of failure or the possibility of failure. I mean, so these folks are tired, they're frustrated, there's junk everywhere. Rubble everywhere. And so, we can't rebuild the wall. I mean, you can almost hear them saying, Nehemiah, you know, look, we've been going at this for almost a month now. We're barely halfway done. We're exhausted. This is, listen, this is not going to happen. It's never going to happen. I think it's so amazing that when things get hard, our confidence plummets. Who do I think I am? Honestly. Honestly. Why why did I think that I could do this? Who am I kidding? I I must have been kidding myself. Here's the truth. Even if you do fail, so what? I mean, honestly, so what? At some point, everyone fails. It's what you do with the failure, and it's how you react to the failure that makes all the difference. And it's in those moments in those moments where failure might be a possibility that the the, the enemy loves to slip in and start whispering in your ear all these lies about what might happen and what folks might think about you. But let's pull back for a second because we got to remember, particularly with this project, this wall was a work of God. He called them to do this. And like I always say, if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. And so often in our own lives, we, we look at what God has called us to do, to change ourselves, maybe to work on our marriages, build stronger families, walk away from some habit or attitude. And in some cases, it's daunting. It's daunting what, you, what he's asked us to do. And what do we do? We measure our ability to do this thing by our own strength. And we throw up our arms and go, it can't be done. I'm sorry. No, it's not going to happen. But in those moments, we got to recognize our limitations and lean on God. Because guess what? You probably can't do it on your own. That's why you got to lean on God. And he will give you the energy and he will give you the power and he will give you the strength to finish what he's asked you to start. And the fourth cause of discouragement that we see, particularly in this story, is fear. So it's one of the strangest things about the human experience, and I've talked about this from the stage a number of times, but I just find it so interesting how so often others are not happy when we have personal success. When you start growing, when you start changing, when things start looking up for you, People, not everybody, but people don't like it. And they watch your marriage getting healthier. They watch your walk with God improving. And it's almost like the opposition starts to come against you. And that's when fear strikes. In today's story, I mean, I didn't, I didn't cover it all because there's just such a long story. But in the beginning, the enemy actually ridiculed the Jews. Literally made fun of them. They criticized the Jews, telling them, you can't do this. What do you, listen, even if you rebuild this wall, just a, a fox will walk on it and the whole thing will fall apart. They even threatened to kill them. Take a look. And our enemies said, we will be right there among them. We will kill them. We'll put an end to their work. We'll do it before they even know it or see us. Now, that's a legitimate reason to be discouraged. Okay, it's one thing to look at a messy closet that needs to be cleared out and think, I literally cannot handle this right now. This is just too, too much. It's another thing to say, I'm gonna lop your head off if you clean out that closet. Okay, start in the garage. Okay, like, but, but notice in verse 12, who got discouraged first? It said, then the Jews who lived near our enemies came to us. And they told us 10 times, no matter where you are, they'll attack us. It was those who were listening to the enemy. See, discouragement can come out of the fear that people put into our lives. And, And the truth is, you guys can handle a little bit of ridicule. You're strong people. You can handle a little bit of criticism. You're strong people. But when it's daily when it's a weekly sort of barrage of just negativity that's coming at you and you're already struggling and you're already tired and you are already frustrated, the enemy can use that to wear you down. So what's God's cure for when the enemy does wear you down? When you get to a place in your life where you are tempted to give up, Throw the towel in. Well, the first thing that Nehemiah teaches us is that if, if you want to overcome discouragement, if you want to handle discouragement, you want to make your way through this, the first thing you, you might have to do is you gotta revise the plan. Because what happens so frequently is that we are tempted to get discouraged because we see that thing that we set out to accomplish not happening. It's just not, it's just it's what I thought I wanted to do and and, and I thought this was for my life, and I just it's just not happening. And we're tempted to think, well, maybe. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. No, not necessarily. You might be doing the right thing. You might just be going at it the wrong way, and you need to revise your plan. Nehemiah had a goal. Rebuild the wall. What's happening? Enemies are coming at him. Folks are getting discouraged. Things are not really going smoothly. And rather than giving up, he revises the plan. He says, so from that day on, half my men did the work. While the other half were equipped with spears and shields and bows and armor. Same goal, different plan. He's saying, whatever we're doing right now isn't currently working. We got we to rethink this. We got to approach this from a different angle. Maybe that's what you need in your life. Maybe you got to readjust your schedule. Maybe you got to revamp your priorities. Because the natural reaction to discouragement is to give up on the dream. The the, the dream isn't happening, so the dream must be wrong. Nehemiah says, no, 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 no. If God put it on your heart, then through prayer and wisdom, you just got to find another way of accomplishing that dream. So he would say, you know, do you have a problem with your marriage? Don't give up. Try a new attitude. You got a problem with your business? Nehemiah would say, Don't give up. Try a new approach. Are you struggling in your spiritual life at some level? Don't give up. Try a new prayer. Try something differently. Now, maybe part of the reason you're discouraged right now is you're trying to do all of this alone. Well, look, whatever that problem is that you're wrestling with in life, if you're trying to do it all by yourself, notice what Nehemiah did. He said, Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families. Because he knew that anyone who is discouraged needs a support system. Do we just need other people to lean on and to look to? And so who's that for you? Who is your support system in this life? Who can you look to right now? Do you do your friends? Are there family members that you can look to and lean on and get support? I mean, if you have no one, that's okay. Let us be your support system. Allow us to come around you. Allow us to encourage you. Allow us to lift you up and be there for you. Because if you want success in this life, you got to surround yourself with some good people. A second way that we can overcome discouragement is to remember the Lord. Nehemiah says this. I looked things over and then I stood up and spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people and said, don't be afraid of your enemies. Remember the Lord. Nehemiah is encouraging people to draw on God's power. So what does it mean to remember the Lord? Well, number one, I think it means to remember God's goodness to you in the past. When you begin to think about all the good things that God has already done in your life, all the times that he's been with you and brought you through things, your spirit will be lifted. Your anxiety will ease. This is a massive one for me. This is a huge, like I said, getting these sermons ready, standing up here on the stage, it's a weekly battle for me up here. It rocks my confidence. But I have a life verse. I mean, you've heard of people having life verses. I have a life verse. It comes from the story of David and Goliath, one of the greatest stories in Scripture. And one time, everybody was telling David why he didn't have what it takes to take on this giant. And David proclaimed, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. He's saying God was with me in the past and therefore I know he will be with me now. I have this framed over my computer. I look at it every day and I draw strength from it. And before I step on this stage, if you've ever been down there and you walk past me, I, I just say to myself between the Lord, I go, look, lions and bears, Lord. Lions and bears, uh, we can do this. We did it last week, you are with me. Lions and bears, Lord, you gotta remember God's goodness to you in the past. Secondly, you've got to remember God's closeness in the present. We've got to remind ourselves that no matter what we may feel in that moment, God promised to be with you. We read in Deuteronomy, do not be afraid or discouraged. There it is. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never, neither fail you nor abandon you. And lastly, we've got to remember God's power for the future. God will give you the strength for all of your needs. Prophet Isaiah says this, but those who trust in the Lord will receive new strength. They will fly as high as eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not grow weak. And the last lesson that Nehemiah teaches us is that we just got to straight up resist discouragement He says, so fight for your families, fight for your sons and daughters and fight for your wives and homes. He is saying you cannot yield to discouragement without a fight. You gotta resist it. You gotta fight it. Don't give it. Listen, if you're a Christian in this room and I know many of you are, scripture is very clear. The enemy's out to get you specifically. You're on his radar And his favorite tool, from what I can see in scripture, his favorite tool is discouragement. Because he knows if he can get you discouraged, he can take you out of the game. You can take yourself out of the game. Just by using discouragement in your life, he can render you useless in your job, in your family, and most importantly to him, in building the kingdom of God. Jesus says of your enemy, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy so that you will live a life of discouragement. But I, Jesus claims, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You don't have to be discouraged in this life. It is a choice, and it will be a fight, but it's a fight that's worth it. So, what's practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it is your first time here at DHC, every single week we throw this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. Now, the truth is, today was one long practical. That was my hope for every message in this series. Today was one big, here's how to spot discouragement coming, and here's how to handle it. But I want to boil down the whole story. I want to boil down all of the teaching points like to, to, to one thing. What's that one thing that we can hold on to and we can remember in the days and weeks and months and years to come? So the one thing I want you to do, if you are wrestling with discouragement is I want you to focus on the big picture because discouragement or burnout or fatigue or failure or fear, you name it. Ultimately it all creeps in and becomes a problem when we lose sight of the big picture. And when I say big picture, I don't mean when we lose sight of the goal. I'm in the big picture, capital B, capital P, I am talking about God. Specifically that God is in charge. And when you lose sight of the fact that your heavenly father is with you, when you lose sight of the fact that he has promised to work out everything for your good, for those who love the Lord, When you lose sight of all that, life becomes overwhelming and you get discouraged. So in light of everything that we've learned today, if you can't remember any of the steps, remember that God's got it. He's in control. Place your hope in him and he will lead you through it in peace. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we had the chance to come together today and just hear about a story that is thousands of years old, Lord. About a group of people dealing with an issue and an emotion that still runs rampant today in our lives. God, for those of us in the room who are dealing with discouragement in this moment, and I know they are here, I pray, God, that this would be a bomb in their lives. That they would feel encouraged. And God, that you would help them to do what's necessary to bounce back from that. God, because you've promised to never leave us nor forsake us. You are with us. You've been with us in the past. You are here today. You will be with us in the future, Lord. Help us to see that hope is all around us. That we don't need to be discouraged even when things look a little bit dark and a little bit scary. Help us, God, to place our hope in you. We ask all this in Jesus' name.